here we are. Episode 2, Series 2, about to start now. Um, as I carry on recuperating, I'm not up to um, full interview energy levels yet. Seb has kindly um, recorded another episode and he's recorded this with legend himself, Robert Rob Sinclair. Um, Rob uh, first came on the scene, well, when I became aware of him, when he uh, took 33 minutes off the record for the West Highland Way race. Um, Absolutely outstanding. Um, He's very, very good talking as well, which is very handy for a podcast. So him and Seb, uh, basically having a good old natter about racing, about training and just about some of the adventures they've been on. For for me as a, as a running geek, complete running geek, nut job, um, it's like listening to Thor and the Hulk chat away uh, to each other about their adventures and so on. And in fact, Rob mentions a few minutes into the actual podcast about training with a big hammer and a tyre in his backyard. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm not saying try this out at home. You know, I don't want big hammers flying out into next door's uh, washing line. But, you know... There's some different methods methods you can be training with. It's a nice, chunky, long episode. It's about 50 minutes. Uh, We know we've got lots of free time, so sit back, relax, stop, start, and listen to it whenever you want. Massive thanks to Rossith Cottages in the Slim Peninsula who have sponsored um, the podcast, uh, well, this podcast, for any of you who come racing down to the Slim Peninsula and Snowdonia, uh, many of you have stayed at this lovely uh, set of Welsh cottages, basically in the middle of nowhere, where Geraint and his wife uh, make sure you have a great time. Geraint's got such great knowledge of the local area and where the little trails and tracks and so on are uh, um, well worth a visit so I'll put Rossith Cottage's details in the notes if you've got any inquiries give him a shout but big thanks to Geraint for sponsoring also after the um, Seb and Rob conversation I'll wrap up the show with the mini banter and also new for this episode which I'm going to be putting into the uh, podcast when it goes onto YouTube is the shoe review segment. Now this is also not only what they are like to wear but what they look like. Um, Some of them will have no use at all on the trails. Some of them just look outstanding. And this what this week's is going to be the Adidas Star Wars one. 
Oh my word, I love it, I just love it. So anyway, I'm going to shut up yabbering, um, sit back or put your trainers on and have a listen to Seb and Rob chew the cud. All right. Thanks, Hugh. That's right, I'm back. But this time I'm joined by the Aberdeen wild child and the sharpest cheekbones in the East, Rob Sinclair. How are you doing, Robbo? <laughs> oh, I'm sound. I'm sound, Sebby. <laughs> so, set, <laughs> set, 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 the scene, set the scene. Where are you? I'm currently in the flat. Um, managed to get out for a run this morning and um, just boiled the kettle for a nice cup of tea, mate. And we, we were sort of having a quick discussion before before the show started, but You've been doing a little bit yep. of some, you know, sort of classic Robbo wild training. Lockdown's gone to your head. Yeah, tell me about it. <laughs> I know, I know. Well, it'd been it'd been a busy week of work, so I haven't actually been out doing too much running. Um, a couple of I got some hill reps done earlier in the week, and then a bit of road run on Thursday and stuff. So Friday, we, I was just knackered last night, so we went out for a walk, and then. I just had tons of energy this morning. So um, Kirkhill's super close to where I stay here. Um, so I just went out and did some hill reps, which kind of went a bit out of control. <laughs> um, and, yeah, uh, the, the little climb turned into 40 reps uh, up and down various little sort of mountain bike climbs. So yeah, it, it went above 2,000 metre point. Now, 2000, so. Just over yeah. just 2,000 of a, a standard Saturday morning, <laughs> isn't it? Just a classic. Like, it was so, the mileage was so low as well because it was like 12. Not like I was just going for time anyway. So, but at the end of the sesh, I think the stats was like 2,300 metres in 12 miles, which is low. That's you know what I mean. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the ridiculous. Sort of, that's the, the gradient we're working with there is it's, it is runnable, but you're also. Like you can power hike up that pretty much almost at the same speed as you're as you're running it. I oh man! Say. So you, you you wouldn't you wouldn't be running up that in a race unless you were probably doing a VK, you know, or like a shorter sort of sky. Race, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. God, I've got to come up when all this lifts and do one of those sessions. <laughs> Twelve yeah. miles or two thousand meters of it. Oh. Yeah, but you you'd be down the mountain bike, man. You'd be like <laughs> tearing. You'd be cycling up it with your quads of. Team Still quad. got nothing on Donny though on the old quad front. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, he is the quad king. Like, so how's uh, yeah. so, so how's yeah, everything but... going with the uh, with the lockdown? How are you finding it? Yeah, it's okay. Well, where I work, we're classed as, um, for some reason, we're classed as essential with the energy sector. So it's in the oil that I work. So, um. We are still going into the workshop Monday to Friday. Um, there's no overtime or anything, but we're just busy preparing systems to get sent out to to boats and oil rigs and stuff. So it's been, to be honest, apart from all the classic hand washing and all that sort of stuff, it's been pretty. Just it's been quite a quite a good routine because I've don't, I don't think I've really felt the true effects that a lot of people have been going mm. through. You know, with the the home the home isolation and things you know what i mean uh kind of like kind of like like yourself with the studying and stuff you're 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 able to still get out and enjoy the fresh mm-hmm. air and things as well i did contemplate getting a like a paddling pool and like some bungee cords and doing some swimming in the back garden but i just kind of 
that was that idea got thrown out the window like it wasn't allowed to <laughs> but you have been doing some slightly different stuff in the back garden have you not something with a hammer and uh totally or like that. yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so when when i used to stay out back at home um my dad is he's always been mental into his fitness and stuff he was he was quite a good sort of local amateur level kickboxer so he's got all these crazy ideas with training and stuff which is kind of where a lot of the stuff that I've done in the last 10 plus years has come from and he he had us training with a, like a massive big tractor tire at, at some some points years ago so uh he, we've actually managed to get the tire um when he was coming in to do a, some work in Aberdeen one day we got the tire to to Aberdeen and yeah, it's it's been keeping the neighbours up at night. Let's say that it's been a lot of tire flips and hammer slaps and stuff. But is that is something something you're gonna yeah. keep? You know, once once things kind of lift again, or or what do you reckon? Or is that just something to keep the nah, interest? I don't. I, yeah, it's just pure. It's because I've done these sort of plyometric based sort of style workouts before and things so it's not it is a shock to the body but it's not too much of what I've not been used to it took a few sessions to get used to to it again but it's I think anything that is it's mostly all leg focused you know all the all the different moves that I'm doing so and it's and it's a real it's a real workout you can get in like even mm. half an hour I mean I do about an hour plus sort of most times but you're, you're getting you're getting good good bang for buck with what you're do you doing, do you ever so. do any do you um, only do any like um like more kind of like standard stuff like s and c and core and stuff i feel like we discussed it before but i can't yeah, really remember well well remember over before winter you'd you'd sent some of the stuff about the band oh, yeah. work you were doing you yeah know, the resistance bands so when i was going through the the whole sort of faster sort of I think it was 12 or 14 weeks block of just faster stuff in the weeks and then faster trail sessions on Saturdays and Sundays. That was, uh, that was something I was doing a couple of times a week, but it was net because my mileage was quite high, you know, like some weeks was, was above 80 mm-hmm. miles some of the time. So I wasn't, I wasn't wanting to put too much extra strain on that, but I've got like a, a little, a little like plyo board that for, you know various balances and stuff on that that get recommended from the physio to do and it's all it's it's to be honest though it's i don't really do since since the last like year i haven't focused on really doing any any heavier weights or stuff like what what do you do yeah i mean i do a bit um it depends on the time of the year um some you know like when you're not racing i think you can get away with um being in the gym and doing some like heavier stuff and really like smashing your quads and like i think um certainly when because you know a lot of the time obviously i'm in liverpool and it's pan flat and you just can't condition the can't condition the quads to the hills but like something that you can do um is do some like heavy like single leg weight whether it's step ups or whether it's you know split squats or something and i think that's quite a good way of conditioning the quads so like i do that but like i'm never gonna go in the gym in the summer and do like real heavy weight because I, it just shreds your legs and then you're just not going to get the quality in the sessions are you no and and when you try to run after you've done done like a, a gym session i've got some pals that do do s and c but they're they're quite into their triathlon stuff and things so it's all in their part of their structured plan but for us if we're going out and doing 
few hours in the hills and you've done like some harder weights before it you just don't enjoy mm. the hills the same like you're not there's it's not you know i like i know it's good to do things that that are good to keep you injury free and that but most of the time like i'll train really hard at certain times but a lot of the time you're just wanting to do things that are yeah for sure fun, eh? and like enjoying enjoying big days out with mates and stuff and like like some of the sessions we've done together and things, yeah, you know what I mean? Like, definitely. You want, to, you want to be enjoying the process, not just like killing yourself all the time and forcing yourself to yeah, do exactly. you what's the do, point. Life's too short. And I think that's why, you know, you're going to get the most out of it, aren't you? If you're enjoying it, that's when you get the most out of it. Like thinking yeah. about some of, the, some of the runs we've to get, done together, it's like been some actually like really good quality as well just because it's a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah, um, exactly. exactly. And you don't have to be like, like it's not like oh, I'm doing that ninety minute steady run and this is you know you don't really care about the pace all the time and things you're just just out flowing around and it's a good it's a good cruise and good mm. laughs. I think know, that's maybe what people are probably struggling with a little bit at the moment. You know, if, they're, if they're people are used to used to, I know you said it to me. I'm used to training with other people sometimes, and you're like, oh, you're like dying right now, yeah. like just being on your own all the time, just training on your own. <laughs> it's quite hard. It's also motivating yourself on your own. Um, can can be tricky. Yep answer how are you how are you finding it then with with where where you are just oh, now? Like, I'm, tell, I'm, tell I'm, people I'm, where you, i'm very very anti-social usually um <clears throat> so actually it doesn't really make make much difference to me you know we, we've talked about before i mean it is it's nice to i find it nice to to link up with you know people like yourself <laughs> um to to run yeah. but i've spent the vast majority of my life you know training on my own either on the bike we used to train with my brother a lot but it, yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah you train together a lot but but with the running i do nearly all my training on my own so actually yeah being being out and being out in the middle of nowhere where i am no it doesn't it doesn't change a huge amount for me um but i think it affects other people you know more um People that I used to, you know, people like used to going to the gym, having a social and all that sort of thing, no longer have that. Yeah, exactly. Like most people, most people will, I don't know, it's just such a crazy unknown time, is it? Like mm. we're, we're, we're lucky to still get out to do a little bit of what we, we enjoy, you know, without taking the biscuit too much. You know, we're still, we're still fairly isolated, but we're also, you know, you, like you're never, you're not going to have to stop your, you're 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 running or you're whatever sport you want to do you still have to like there's you know there's always bigger things going on in the world we can't control that but you still have to do things that that you enjoy you know and want to do you, you can't stop that just because of what's going on you just have to control it a bit better, yeah right? no, that's a good point actually and just sort of on the before we move on and talk a little bit more about you and kind of what you've done and where you're going like you know we talked about we had we had some sweet plans lined up didn't we and, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and you know, obviously they've all, all uh, gone down, all gone down the toilet. And, you know, and, no, and, no. and we, were, we were discussing it, weren't we? Because, you know, races are being pushed back into sort of, you know, August, September, October. And this will be the same for a, for a lot of people, won't it? That had, that had races now that are all getting condensed yeah. into sort of two or three months. I mean, I mean, oh, what, what do you what do you nuts. think of all that? I feel like 
it, it's it's going to be just a super compressed time for for race the race calendar for every different discipline of 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 running. It's just going to be too. I think it's going to be overload. You know, like like your and me's plans was to get was to get absolutely beasted up for kind of starting things starting racing and balancing the whole race recover routine for a few months starting sort of the start of june after a good trip to alsace but like after you know like now people are gonna have a long time to to maybe work on a lot of things before then and, and there's going to be a very short window to 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 race and there might be a chance people get carried away but i think if people just stick to like picking their original race that we're going to do in that time frame, then, you know, like it's, it's realistic and it's only fair on the people who had their races then they shouldn't have to change their plans. Eh? Mm, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I see obviously the racing we do, it takes you know a lot out of the body and um, yeah. the races, obviously they're obviously got all getting pushed back. I, I'm just wondering if the fields are ending, going to end up being, being weaker at a result because you know like you know people are going to be like i'll go to that one i'll go to you know the other one and therefore every race has got a slightly weaker field and then it's going to be and yeah. it's going to be disappointing yeah. and it's like and i mean there was uh i had a message off um one of the people involved in the british mountain running and uh and she was and she was saying is it is it even fair to sort of be holding races this year now i'm t- not just talking about you know uk based but foreign races, because she said, you know, if you look at some countries, so we're all right, you know, you're saying, you know, you're, you're still out doing your training. I'm still out doing my training. But in some of these other countries, like some of these people haven't been outside training. So therefore, is it yeah. actually right to be holding like, you know, mountain worlds, mountain world, well, Europeans have got postponed or moved to next year, but say you hold mountain worlds, is that really fair given some people have been able to train outside and train normally and other people have just been, stuck inside i mean it's, it's it's a tricky one i'm not really quite sure yeah what i know, I know. if it you know with it all but i guess time will tell won't it and time will tell what we end up doing and what actually happens but you know one way or the other we've got to get into the mountains haven't we when it frees out oh definitely i th- if if people can just kind of reconfigure their brains to think how they they can just use I think you're right. Eh? If they if they cancel all the all the big events, you know, like for like likes of what like Angela was saying for the mountain longs and the Snowden champs and everything have all been kind of moved back and they're looking at alternative races, you know, all that sort of stuff. Like they it needs to things need to yeah, there needs to be a fair playing field, doesn't mm. there? Um, but if people can just use this time to work on fitness more than anything and just come back next year you know and and that's maybe the best way just just write off this year and just focus on fun projects you know yeah no definitely i i talked about that a bit in my in the previous pod which yeah. you you obviously haven't been listening rob poor poor show no i know it's shocking like i was saying that to you earlier you need to you need to get get me linked into the, uh, <laughs> the maximum tab chat like but anyway, 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 that's that's enough of the that's enough of the coronavirus and all, all that rubbish. I know, I know. Uh, it's like in every other podcast, it's oh, destroying God, everyone's podcast. So like, l- l- let's 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 rewind a bit. Let's rewind the Rob Sinclair timeline. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I mean, true. I mean, you've been you've been around a little bit now, but not not that long. Yeah, I'm getting old, mate. It's get, I'm getting on. Are you, are you older than me? Getting, are you old? How how? I'm getting ready. How how old? I, I turned thirty. 
last year. What are, what are oh. you again? You're, not, you're I'm, I'm still in my twenties, mate. Yeah, you're still you still got youth in you. Man. Yeah, like, I'm just gonna keep <laughs> quiet. I'm I'm thirty in like a month, but it doesn't matter. Right? <laughs> I know you've still got like you could do a BK and then still do like six Jaeger bombs and then bomb all the way back. <laughs> down and stuff, you know? <laughs> you're still, you know, if I did that, collapse now. You know, <laughs> but uh, I mean, you I mean, you sort you started out in the in the long stuff. Um, yeah. So what what yeah. what was it that really drew you to that? Well, I was doing, um, remember sending you the, the videos of my, my pal, Mike, who was doing his isolation mm-hmm. ultras mm-hmm. to raise, raising money for the NHS. Well, before that, I mean, before that, I was doing like tons of different sports from, from a young age, always like swimming. Um, football was a huge thing. I tried a bit of tennis. I, there was like loads of different things going on. And then when I got to like maybe 19 or 20, um, I decided to knock football in the head. I kept it going a bit and did some social stuff just with mates. But I was I just started like gradually doing some sort of hillier runs and I just liked going onto the trails. And um yeah, like it, it just all kind of took off from there and it was always a good it was just like a good challenge, eh? And then uh, you know, after building up base for ages and, you, you know, back then you didn't really know what ba- building base was and stuff, but you probably were building an aerobic base from a, from a younger age um, with all the different trainings combining together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I think it was, I don't know when I did my first, I did like a, a hill race up here. Um, it's not really hilly, but it's, uh, it's called the Ladigrew. And I did that a few years in a row. Um, and I just chipped away at it. I think the first year, it's like just over a marathon. And I think the first year I was 10th. Um, yeah, but did you, did you, hang on, I'm just going to stop. Did you just dive in on a race just over a marathon or what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, I'd done, when I was doing all like my different sort of football and sports and stuff, I was, I was doing like some, some like the Inverurie uh, 10K and things like local, local things. I did a couple of like half marathons on the road and stuff, but, it was never, I wasn't as part of a running club or anything. It was just, it was just to supplement training for, for football and things like that. It wasn't any, there wasn't like, I just really enjoyed like logging it every week and building up and up and things like there was never like block structure or anything, you know, you're just so naive and just mm-hmm. kind of dive into it. But, but then when I decided to, I think I joined the Geary Roadrunners um oh man, I don't know what year it was. It was a little while ago now. Um, then when you're like surrounded by all these other runners, they're telling you that, like they've done the Mont Blanc Marathon and uh, oh, various big races and you get kind of exposed to all these crazy things and you're like, what? what on earth is this run and stuff? And you go out for the long social runs and talk about it. And then a few months later, I managed to get a place um, I think in the Ladigru, uh, which was over a marathon. So yeah, I did just for, for my first like actual race as a probably a, if you want to even class yourself like that as a runner I just mm-hmm. went straight in and did like just over a marathon so, yeah so yeah pretty but yeah I guess I did kind of dive in yeah. bigger stuff man and um like in in the build-up to that you know we you know you said you weren't even classifying yourself as a as, as a runner like were you actually doing some consistent training or was it just literally just going off oh. the back of being you know pretty pretty fit and from your other sports I I knew I could probably run a marathon and stuff. And like, it was, it was purely through the, the, 
to gear these roadrunners. Like they had, they they were they're like a road running club, but they mostly train kind of out at the local hills and stuff. Um, and each week they were structured in, you know, you like now you look back and you were just going with the flow, but they had the structure was right. Like the Tuesday social done, the wet the Thursday was a was like a rep session, um, you know, for forty five minutes, mm-hmm. just various like four hundreds or or uphill repeats and stuff, and then. Um, you just kind of you just use that and then you had like a one long run on the weekend you do a social and then I just went to that that stuff for a few months consistently yeah. randomly place a week before that race and then that just kind of ever since I did that I was just totally hooked really, yeah. on like on the on the actual the how it all structured together and um, basically but the to give you a bit of a like put it all in context like my, my granddad he he passed away um, the start of this year, but um, w- one of my granddads was like a, like an absolute master of the Munros. He did, he did the Scottish Munros like I don't know, three times over. Right. Or I know all the Corbetts, the Grahams, and you know, and he's he's been all over the world cycling, and he he did a few hill races back in his time, and so did his dad. So like like from a young age, we we did camping trips, and he was always dragging us up then McDewey and the local like knock hill and all that sort of thing and you know so like like, like i've always kind of been around the mm-hmm. hills and loved being outdoors so as soon as i had the challenge of like running in it i just was like just soaking in it you know i yeah. just loved it it was ace. and is that why you think you <laughs> is that why you think you went to the longage because it's just like i love being out and the longer races just yeah. mean i can be out in the mountains more and the training is kind of a little bit less about the specifics and the intervals and more about just you know locking some big mileage do you think exactly yeah. Pal. Ex- exact yeah i think that that hits the nail on the head i would say that is that is bang mm. on like, and you've done am i right in thinking that you hold the record for like every sort of conceivable race that goes along the west island way is that about right that's yeah well that was the that was in 2016 or 17 I, is it called the triple it, or something like that it's called yeah it's, it's got like an on it's a totally unofficial like thing that that some people like to try and get and but it's it's when it's called the triple crown and you do you do the first part of the west highland way um, the, the which is the highland fling but they're all races in themselves eh? and like the, the the second race is the west highland way um which is a few months but it's not long after it's like april till june is that and the full length the devil. yeah the second one yeah full yeah so you do the first one is 53 miles and then the second one is like 40 i think it's 43 miles uh which is the devil but you do the west Highland, you do it all like so they're basically almost like six or seven weeks apart um Jeez. between the races so it's hell's bells yeah it's, hell's it bells. Was, yeah it was the, the last week yeah but to be fair though the last the last one man like my legs were my legs were minced even showing up <laughs> on the start line i i just i just hung in but did, did, <laughs> just, did you get a course record as well on that one <laughs> Yeah, I, I buy like, I think I got Casey and Donnie had run it the year before um, as a pair. And just, I think they just cru- like, they, they just like, I don't know if they were pushing each other. They just cruised it, quite a solid cruise, though, I think. Um, and um, they came over the line together. And I think I was only like a minute more than, a minute quicker than their time. So, I mean, it is a record. Yeah, it's not yeah really, well, it still counts, doesn't it? it, it, it take it, 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 take it. It's not time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so like obviously obviously no, by that point you know 
you you obviously still you're obviously a bit of a beast when it comes to the, the distance because to me like you know doing that in the short pace time even just doing the west island way on its own geez i mean that's a heck of a distance and like something yeah, that it's long, yeah it's, it's long. long it's long and something that <laughs> hugh's quite interested in and which is you know is an interesting point is sort of was there was there a point in time obviously you started out running you did larry group building up to it was there a point yeah. in time when yeah. you're like yeah i've made the step up to feeling like i've kind of got into the higher echelons of running and now i can kind of I'm, I'm mixing it with elites and setting the uh, you know, course records at some of these kind of iconic British races, or is it just a matter of time, you know, belief in yourself or, or a combination of factors? Like what was it that, that pushed you to be, you know, obviously you've won a, you've won an awful lot as well, you know, Lakes Ultra and that, which is impressive yeah. and G, GB yeah. stuff. It's like before it, the, I done. I did uh, other couple of ultras in Scotland, and I, I like I built myself, and then I went away on like a Salomon camp as well to Annecy, and that wasn't that wasn't like <laughs> didn't race that run. It was it was actually with Jonesy, mm. and like he was like yeah. he was for, for jo- sleeping Jonesy on the trails. Any, Jonesy, for anyone that doesn't know, is uh, is Mike Jones <laughs> that he's more doing the the race director stuff these days. Does um, ultra trail Snowdonia and. It's Snowden skyline, isn't it? Yeah. So you were out there with Jonesy. Yeah. Go on. Yeah. Like, and it, it was a group of us, and we, we did like a training week with a, f- a few of the Salmon folk and that. And it was good. It was good. It was just a good. It was just a good laugh and that. And then you didn't. You didn't have to do the race at the end, which was the. I can't remember. Now. I think it's about hundred. Was it the maxi? Is it seventy the maxi odd trail? miles? Yeah. yeah. It was like maxi trail thinking. It was about hundred hundred. 20 or 30k and we just agreed to do it as part of like the training week and we just we we just cruised around and i think it took us like 22 Ouch. hours or something oh mate. that's not good hallucinations and, was, and all that going on no no i i was okay but jonesy was slammed man. he was down <laughs> he was he was sleeping on the trail like we stopped for ice creams like it, he was absolutely bent like and then just to top it off, when, when we finished and had like a half pint, um, like I don't know if I should say this or not, but he drove he drove back and it was so funny because we like reversed the van. It was like one of the Salomon vans and he like scraped <laughs> it all up the fence. <laughs> and it was like totally and uh oh, like oh. nobody had the stomach to tell him until we got out and then he had to he had to confess. Oh, poor Jonesy. Uh, it sounds like he's in the wars. You basically put him through hell for twenty two hours and then uh, then he scraped up the team car. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh, it was it was funny. Yeah, it was good. It was good times. But yeah, I, like to go. Sorry, I'd like go off the point a bit. But good I story. I done like yeah, I'd done like a fifty-five mile race here, and I've done like a thirty-three. And I think I knew going into like going into the West Highland Way year. Um, I just I just knew because like. I wasn't doing like conventional, like conventional training. To be honest with you, it was everything I was doing was was on the trails or on the hills. Like, like I don't really go around and bash the roads like most of the local people here. And um, like the most, well, that's that. I was saying to you, like the most road running I'd ever done was during the winter block here mm. when I couldn't get away anywhere skiing. So I was like, well, I'll just work on speed because it's you know it's it's something that i don't do a lot um and yeah it, it was 
it, it, it was just a I guess you're right like a belief it just I just believe I just knew that I could get to the end no matter what but it, it did you look at like I look at like what it was like then as, as a person and even in even in like your your fitness and things and goodness me like I would class myself now as like way fitter and stronger than I was when I did the West Highland Way which kind of scares me a little bit because I think like wow like I wonder if I was to do it again like what what I could actually achieve but then you need you, you need all the stars to align yeah but also like do that, you think part of it's been slightly naive like if you're going in not really knowing that in some ways that can actually agreed. help you're not you're not 100 sure we don't really know how much pain you're going to be in or how much yeah. it's going to hurt so you just kind of do it whereas now you're looking at it yep. and you know what it's like to go the best part of 100 miles yeah you know it's full I gas know, and you, you're like oh you maybe not yeah exactly you 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 know i could maybe set out and be like you know, I could be like maybe an hour up on my time by like 60, 70 miles and just absolutely bend the last bit of it and just like, just, just bonk out, you know, you never know. You just, that's the beauty of, of the longer distance. Like you, you do never, you never stepping into the unknown when you are naive is, is a cool sort of experience. And you, you just don't know what levels you're, you're capable of for that. But, but I mean, like 96 miles it is, it is long when you compare it to the stuff like, that, that we've been doing in the last year or two um, it definitely puts in perspective when you start racing yeah. harder and shorter yeah. um, but but it, it's still it's up there with being in longer ultras but there's people who are doing like 160 mile ultras 200 mile like the real real nitty gritty of ultra stuff is I think once you start getting up above 100 and you're, you're doing like the like the, the Pacific Crest Trail or like Lake Tahoe 200 and all that ones that like Courtney DeWalter and things were doing. Like those are the, those are the real like, you know. And like said, so another race in the UK, the Lakeland Hundred. That must be a, that would be a, a, a beast to do. You know, the Lakeland Fifty even would be good to mm. go, to give it a good bit of beans. Down, you know. Yeah, well, it's like Jonesy's race races all... as well, isn't it? You know, he's running the the fifty and the oh, hundred. God. I mean, with yeah. God knows how much vertical gain it makes your two thousand look pathetic. And what's that got? That's something like ten thousand yeah. or something absolutely bonkers. I mean. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's a certain, it's a certain mindset, though, isn't it? You know, like these these massive, massive races, like huge distance, huge vert. But you've like obviously moved, as you say, slightly towards the shorter stuff now. And uh, what what was the sort of thinking behind that? How come you've kind of gone down the distance a little bit more into the kind of the sky racing and stuff? Why, why, well, why the year that? after the the West Highland Way, I, I honestly that sort of year. I reckon after after it, it took me until I remember doing like a 50k race in the lakes um, a year later. And I was actually able to, for the first time, like, like actually smash into like decent pace for, for like whatever that is, 30 odd miles. And I remember feeling you didn't, you didn't was, was that the lakes? No, one? Is that no, that was a different, a different no. one. I think it's like a, an Adidas Terex 50k um, Okay. It's like a festival. Um, it's one of Charlie Sproson's races in uh, in the lakes, right. um, and it's it was it was like a flatter fifty k. I think it's got maybe fifteen hundred meters to climb. But that was the first time I raced since like August the year before. So that took me till June. I honestly think it it took oh. me months to like physically and mentally just recover from doing so much long stuff over that year. Like I think it was it was. I think I, I had just, I just went like 
over the edge of like overtraining. Um, I think I've, I definitely yeah, and and I yeah, yeah, you sort of pushed yeah, me too far. And I think that's that's quite interesting because with the running, like, because obviously you know I've come from cycling Aye. background, and um, I find with the running, you know, even the races that you know I'm doing, that kind of what you're more doing, like marathon kind of maximum yeah. stuff the toll it takes on the body oh, is colossal because like now like i feel like i can do a handful of races you know if you're going in obviously sometime you know we talk about race you're going to target and whether you're going to just do a couple of tune-ups like i'm kind of more of the mindset that when i take the start line i'm in top shape and i'm going to yeah. try and win it yeah it's a great and mindset i think that to i can do that yeah. yeah i think i can do that like you know only a handful of times in a 12-month period mm-hmm. Whereas I think back to just just because of the physical toll on the body, and um, but when I'm going back to to, to the cycling to the mountain biking, you know we used to race like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen times a year, and every time you yeah, go full gas, gas, like, and you know you could race like three weekends on the trot, four weekends in the trot, and even though you're absolutely cooked at the finish line. It's just like the impact and it's just the level level of kind of suffering that you go through in these in these mountain running races that's just it's not comparable. Yeah, it's and I think, you know, when people are coming in they're I know a little bit less experienced and they're looking at what races to do, they might I'll do that one, I'll do that one. And I you know, as you know, you know, I always get like quite often get asked like my opinion on stuff. I'm like, <laughs> geez, no way, because you know, like, you know, people are like, I want to do that. And then a couple of weeks later, I'm going to do that. It's like, wait, hang on a minute. So you want to do a 30K followed by a marathon, followed by a 50K, like two weeks after that. You, you know, you'll be on your knees. It's a bit like, it's what, we, it's, what we were ta- <laughs> it's what we were talking about, you know, the top of the show with um, all the races getting condensed because um, I had a lot of discussion with Hugh early in the year yeah, about the, the new you know uk yeah, yeah. golden trail yeah and with that now we need to find out what's what's we know some of it we do need to, to get to the bottom of that but you know he's got he got yeah. moved hasn't it you know the the 50k the serpent trails got moved to the week after um scaffold scaffold marathon and i look at it and i just think if you if you know the body and know unless you're Killian, who seems to be able to race a hundred mile in one week and then yeah. be fine the next week, but you know there's no one else that can do that. But if you if you if you think of the body and no way can you race full gas mountain marathon. I know we've discussed this before, yeah. haven't we? No way way you can race a um, mountain marathon full gas and then the next weekend race full gas over fifty k. It just the body's just is, shot to pieces, is. and that it? that combo will be probably if you're going if you're going like. 85 90 percent effort you know racing close up to the you know lactate levels you're you're gonna be pretty wrecked after that for a couple of weeks to come back you know and then there would be the ring of steel and like obviously mm. i've got i've got kima booked a week after a week after exactly, it if that yeah. even goes ahead so i mean that would be if, just to come back to the calendar thing imagine like wanting to to try and have all those races initially as your A races spread around a month apart anyway is is a good good like spread and you could give it beans but like have them all a week after each other I mean you can yeah it's, it's, it's not possible but but that but that's again different to again how it was on the bike yeah, because probably um, in the that, previous show it talked about peaking yeah. and stuff yeah but we used to do that so it used to be like okay 
well, there's, there's a couple of races back to back or there's two races within three weeks and they're both really important. And you're like, that's absolutely ideal because it means that you can just build to one peak and you can carry that peak through mm-hmm. for a week or two. Whereas like with the running, you're like, okay, great. I'm going to come to a peak. But there's absolutely no hope in hell that I'm putting two back to back big races together because, you know, your, your body is just Shred. you know, shreds. It's the same like um, at the end of the year, you know, the, the Ring of Steel and then um, the weekend after they've moved the three peaks it's, to the weekend after that. So you've got back to back there if anyone wanted to do those two. And it's like, confirmed. imagine coming off Ring of Steel, slamming down them and then wow. going to run three is that peaks. What confirmed no three chance. peaks to move to then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So three peaks That's is now the um, qualification. Yeah, yeah. The marathon's changed. Okay. Qualifying from Mountain Worlds, if that even goes ahead. Oh, um, but no, yeah, you you write about the the toll that it takes on the body. I mean, like, what what do you find the fallout is from from these well, mountain races, uh, even I, the shorter I think, ones? I think as I've as I've stepped down a bit, it's not it's not because I don't want to do anything like super long anymore and that. I mean, still got routes and mountain days that they do that are like eight hours long. You know, four hours big. Like days are days are still big you know like last year last what did like me and i joined uh donnie and we did uh one of the sort of more unknown mountain rounds up here called the rigby round and it took us like a, a lot of it was a lot of hiking running in between but the terrain is pretty remote and we did like i think it was like 21 or two hours we took us to do you know what i mean right through right you oh, know what i mean yeah I, honestly long. because of the case we were going and the amount that you were fueling like my, I'm not joking you, buddy. Like the recovery from that, it took me. I think I had a bath that night when the, when we'd finished, um, and the next day or two, I was kind of stiff. But then after that, I, I like I'd adapted quite quite well. So I, I reckon like the I reckon the training huh. for the shorter stuff does still keep you. If because you're still logging, like say some weeks. You're able to say you're consistently doing like 10, 12 hour weeks. If if the bigger weeks that you've got time off work or whatever, and you're doing 15, 20 hour weeks, I think you, you're still you're still conditioning yourself to do longer. You just have to your economy will improve. So then you're you're able to go longer for uh, using less energy. I think it's I think it's it's just like you say, it's a mindset thing and believing that you can actually do like the. The, the 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 project you want to do or the, the whatever the long the long thing the long race you want to do you know yeah no definitely and talking about um your training and stuff how have you kind of evolved and adapted well, that because we, we 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 talked a bit about you know bringing some more specific intervals yeah. into your well, training and you know like how how have you changed that since well know, ever since years? was it last i think it was like last summer um we when we'd run i think we ran in like lawyers and was it was it april or may yeah april ever after that um when you were you were going on about certain certain um vo2 sessions like we're getting into the nitty-gritty of stuff and um i've went through like a lot of that stuff with with like with with donnie as well and like certain types of sessions to do you know like your 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 eight by threes and your 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 six by fives and all that stuff like like i, I think mm. incorporating them into like last summer there was a lot of experimenting for me with that and i was 
I was had no structure on last year. I was jumping between racing one week here, one week there, you know, like one week was in Scotland. Like I was fortunate enough, I was moving jobs. So I had a couple of weeks off in between things. And, you know, I was, was in Italy race racing after a training week, then China, then, you know, like Scotland and doing like a few Munro rounds and big days and then local hill races. And like, you, I think you have to, you have to, have that you have to have some base structure to your week or else you just get totally carried away mm-hmm. into you know like like how you've got quite a good structured week don't you i like mm, yeah it's like we you know anyone that listens to the last podcast it's quite a lot talk on um training structure and kind of the importance of of of, of a plan really because you know i think Again, anyone be bored of bored of bored of it that listened to the last one, but <laughs> you know you need in order. <laughs> I know, yeah. Gee, shut up yeah. about this. I'd be right. pretty pretty uh, surprised <laughs> if anyone's got forty three and a half minutes into this anyway. You know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyone that's made Congrats. this well. Um, <laughs> but it's um, what, what, what I was going to say. You know, if you if you know if you don't plan and you don't think about your training, how do you know? when you're going to peak and when you're going to get your best yeah, performance yeah. you know you bit like you're saying last year it's like you're going from one yeah. thing to the next it's like well you know that all that's going to mean is that you're going to turn up a, a, a performance at exactly. a random point and that yeah. might be great because it might happen to fall when you want to go really well or it might be just at some time you're like well what the hell was the point in going really well there um but i know you did some like crazy yeah. race last year and you, you know you, you mentioned china there yeah that was on. Well, tell, that was like just one. We got the chance to go on a, a Salomon trip there, and I, we we being you, yeah. Got it, well, there was yeah. there. I I don't know how much people actually got got sort of. I don't know how did it. Did you get a shout about that, or did were you able to apply for it as well? I remember. Yeah, I was. I was not putting my name. Yeah. Down for well, China, mate. I just like, <laughs> again, totally naively just said yes, thinking, oh, this would be cool. We'll just go to China and pretty much get off the plane go somewhere local but it was like it was crazy it was like seven days but it was about maybe three like with the jet with the the time differences and stuff it was like three days of just pure bus journeys planes it was you know by the time you actually got to the start line you were absolutely knackered you know what I mean like I think I managed to churn out. I churned out like a fourth place, and I was like spewing all the way around the race and everything. It was so, but it was, it was a disaster. Eh? I like, I hung on to the. I can't remember his name, but he's like a two. He's he's just a nutter. He's some Japanese guy, I think called Koji something. But he he's like a two twelve marathoner, and he he went off just rapid as hell. And um, I thought oh, I'll just hang out with this guy and just see what. What was the distance? What I think was the race it was like distance? Like seventy-five k, I think. So, like, <sighs> right. it, but it starts above. I think it started above two thousand meters, and a lot of the race was above three thousand. And then you came down near the end, and then went back up. So, I I was already tired, but I was like, ah, screw it. This is just going to be a solid training race. So, I just hung on for him for like the first sort of hour and a half, and then I just started to feel absolute gash. I don't know if it was the altitude or not, but I just I couldn't eat basically and it took me like seven hours to do the race and it just felt rubbish eh? but it's it was I'd accepted in my brain that it was a training race anyway so I had it was just a cool experience like look, looking back on it mm. but 
during the the times was being sick. It was ah, oh, it was it was just just yeah, it was grotty. grotty. Like grotty. just got a man up and get it done though. I, like yeah, you were saying to me about about plans for training and stuff, and I know you you like hmm. to talk about different training sessions. And you and you covered that in the last podcast. But what is what's like you when you're planning out your your blocks and things, and you're looking towards the summer. Um, like for what well especially things now a bit up in the air but how how are you approaching like phasing your blocks of stuff are you thinking like in two month cycles or or are you thinking and like how are you looking at the longer game at the moment yes i mean i think you also got to take into account when i think whenever you're and are you doing training phases um you also have to take into account what other things you're doing so like when um you know, when I was racing the bike full time, didn't have to think about that. So you could plan everything perfectly. Obviously, at the moment, I'm coming into exactly. exams, so I've got to take that into consideration. Yeah. But you know, as I discussed on the last, talked about on the last pod, I think there's no reason why you can't phase your training as you would do normally. And all you're going to end up doing is because obviously you know that when training, you can it has to go in steps. You know, you're going to get fitter. And then you're obviously going to lose some fitness because if you keep pushing, you're just going to get yep. fatigued. So when you rest, you're going to, you know, you're going to go to a peak and then you're going to rest a little bit more to make sure that you, you know, you're not overly tired and you're going to you know, lose a little bit of fitness. But then the next time you start training again, you're starting from a higher yeah, point, yeah, aren't you? Yeah. So therefore, the next time your peak is going to be even higher. Your second, the second peak is higher, you know. Um, so really, like, I think, like, when I'm phasing my training, I'm not phasing my training any differently now yep. than I would do during like a winter where you haven't got any races yeah. anyway. Yeah. So you're spending kind of, you know, your time doing your base stuff. So whether you're doing um, a couple of weeks of decent mileage, you're then having an easier week, you're then doing a couple more weeks of big mileage and then an easier week. And then you start building in a little bit less mileage or a little bit less hours, what have you. And then with higher intensity, because that's obviously you know you know that once you put in that base hours you know you're talking about putting in that massive aerobic base and then you put some um sessions on top i think like what i think from what you say i think you probably have to be careful of not just doing high intensity all yeah, the time 100% because i know you like mixing it up yeah. and you like doing those intensity yeah. sessions but if you do them all the time then you're not you know your training isn't no falling into phases no, anymore that... i think you have to acknowledge the fact that right now if you if you're doing se- if you've been doing like sessions for say like a couple of weeks and i know you've been doing them yeah. longer but say if you had only been doing them for a couple of weeks if you continue doing them all that's going to happen is you're going to maintain a yeah. level so at some point you're going to have to be like right i'm going to reduce my hours a little bit i'm going to increase the intensity of my sessions even hard like higher like make them harder for like a week or like 10 days or something and then actually force yourself to rest because it's when you do that rest your body's going to absorb everything you're going to get fitter something i heard the other day that was that was so some you always speak about people saying oh you have to have a down week and all these things and it was it was actually relating to to it was like the stress on your body and what what like your your standard week looks like in terms of work and studying and all that stuff and mm-hmm. it, it's like your body, what was, it, what was it the guy said? It was like your body, your body knows stress. It doesn't know miles. 
and I thought that was a really good saying. Yeah. You know, like you've got that spot you've got on, to know it? where you're you can't if you're like like this week for instance I've been working outside in the yard like as you know and I've been busy every day and stuff so naturally I know from years gone by if I want to try and go out every night for 90 minute sessions doing whatever you know easy runs steady runs all that sort of things I, I know that I just burn myself into the ground so you have to you have to cut back increase the rest nights and things and uh just make the sessions that you do go out a little bit more just makes them a bit less a bit more quality you're, you're not you're not like hanging in just to get it done you know you're enjoying yeah. it <laughs> yeah exactly and i think you have to acknowledge the point of where there's no point pushing things further because nope. no point in going out and and running or trying to run a session and just just be knackered and having poor quality yeah. before far more benefit in you know, acknowledging the fact that you're getting tired and that your body needs yeah, a rest exactly. and therefore resting and therefore coming back stronger. Like I'm coming off the back of um, an easy week. You know, this week I felt like crap because I've done so much training. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt really bad because I'm coming off the back of a lot of training. But you just have to acknowledge the fact or know your body that if you do rest, you will feel good again. I think a lot of people get worried, know. It's, don't they? Yeah, you know, they start yeah. getting tired and they're like, oh, I feel rubbish. And then they, yep. and then they think actually... I feel rubbish. I need to train more. It's completely yeah. opposite. Yeah, it's, it's um, the mindset, isn't it? It's like you think you're failing yourself or you're a pussy because you're having a rest night. And and you know if you if you compare, you just have to look back. I mean, I I don't I don't use Strava or any of those things for the last few years because I just log everything down and I take a night a, a little note in the book of of like when i felt like shit or when i felt a bit injured or something and you can you can kind of get a pattern you get a pattern it, it always if you look back like in longer chunks of time you can definitely see patterns of when you when you get niggles more because it's you've not had you've not had a recovery week or you've mm-hmm. not you've not you've pushed like we used to be doing the wednesday speed sessions in the winter time and some nights like this was on a, a night after a full day of work some of those sessions man were coming up to like with with the warm-up the steady run out doing the reps and then the run home some of them man were like 22 miles you know what i mean like and yeah it's big it, the, yeah you can do that for a few weeks you can stress the body recover but i was noticing towards the end of that block like i'd set myself a goal that i was going to do it for three months but i was noticing towards the end of it that i was like shit man like I, i'm getting faster i can and i'm feeling stronger but this this is not sustainable mm. you have to you have to cycle it you know and like you know exactly and you think you have to know the point of where you know you want to take your body to the edge yeah. but not yeah. over it and i think that only comes to experience Definitely. doesn't it as well yeah. you know you don't know until you probably once or twice gone over that edge and then you're like oh yeah. i pushed it exactly. too far like it's um... the same with showing up for for <laughs> races if if you you're you you know if you if you beat yourself in training you know, there's no point in beating yourself too much in training because you can show up and you're not going to be able to give your best. You know, that's what's so good about your, yeah, your exactly. outlook on just having, like when you made your, your, your major transition to running and you, you did a few races, but then you really focused on the, on this, the scaffold race uh, a couple of years ago. Like that was a big, that was a big race for you. You really wanted to, to give it everything. You know, I remember watching your little head going around the, Round with your dad, we were like, your dad, and we were like watching your head go around the course, and like you were you were you were chasing down uh, uh, the albatross and Big Evans, like, and it was 
it was too much. I mean, it was decent. You could tell you were you were giving giving it some beans. You know, it was this. Yeah, but I think I've, I know I prefer to race like that anyway. Yeah. You know, if you're going out and putting yourself on the start line, then going to give it yeah. everything. But no, it's good. Anyway, we could probably talk for hours. Yeah, no, it's 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 we've, it's mental. We've, we've had a we've had a good yeah. chat. But so, if you know, thank thanks 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 no, for your time. Cheers, man. Well, there we have it. That was my good friend and fellow Salomon runner Rob Sinclair. I was uh, find it interesting tra- chatting to Rob. We can we can talk we can talk for a long time as you as you as you can tell. He's um, very interesting chap, and um, he you know very very modest with what he's achieved, and he's a great runner, wonderful runner. Um, and uh, yeah, watch out for him in the future. He's he comes down to the shorter distances, is back down to kind of more what I race. I think he's going to turn out some great performances. And as we as we discussed, I think he he can really tune in, nail his training a little bit, a little bit better. And uh, I think he'll come on considerably from where he is now. And that's that's quite a, a frightening prospect for me. I mean, he's a teammate, but we still race against each other. Um, but you know, great athlete, interesting chap, and hope you enjoyed that. And uh, here, here's you. How good was that? Excellent, wasn't it? Now, listen, before I carry on, here is the first kind of shoe review. Um, Google Ultra Boost 19 Star Wars shoes. Okay, ignore the price. Ignore the price. But it's got two arrows, one one side, one just above the sole, you've got a bit of a picture of the Millennium Falcon. Um, for any of you that haven't worn the Adidas Boost before, they're very light, tight-fitting, as in snug. Um, I bought a pair when they first came out. Really did enjoy running uh, with them on the tarmac. Uh, the saying in here, inspired by Star Wars, Built for comfort and performance, these running shoes have a seamless knit upper with a second skin fit built in an area of stretch. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. It just looks like a Star Wars kind of trainer. You know, you can pra- you can imagine, I don't know, uh, I only know the names of the old ones. Uh, you can imagine Han Solo doing hell sprints before he goes in specifications regular fit it is i'd i'd order a size bigger than your actual foot lace closure as i said really is a snug fit they're very light three uh 312 grams uh midsole drop of 10 millimeters arch types normal now, I've got a high instep and they fitted nice and snugly. Snugly? Is that a word? I don't know. Um, I think they're fit. Now, they were supposed to be $169.95. They've been reduced to £118. But you don't have to tell your other half that. You just say they were on special offer for 18 quid. There we are. So that's the Ultra Boost. 19 Star Wars shoes. And if Adidas want to send me a pair 
for me to wear whilst I do my podcast. I don't mind at all. I'm size 12.5 and a regular Star Wars helmet. So there we are. That was the first little shoe review. They're really smart. I like it. And it's Adidas's page is very, very easy to go through and look at it. But just sit, drool, um, and have a look at this this lovely, lovely shoe. So that's it. Um, thanks very much, everybody who is getting me a virtual cup of tea. Um, I can put a note in the notes on how you do that. Now, the money I get from the virtual cup of tea goes towards building the At The Checkpoint podcast um, podcast itself. I can buy some wires and get, you know, different equipment. Buy some wires, get some different equipment. Obviously, I need to speak to a professional about that and a professional in life. Once again, massive thanks to Ross's Bath Cottages. Soon as COVID's over, guys, get yourselves down there. Beautiful part of the world. Really, really friendly owners. Gelling plays a big part in the Pensane Ultras and Beautiful Brutal. So there we go. That was episode two. Hope you enjoyed it. I'm off to do the little picture for the, um, for the show now on Canva which takes me about 30 hours. And there we go. Um, Hope you're all happy, safe and well. And from us all uh, at the checkpoint, we'll see you all again soon.